Griffin. Galia did well. She got the captain armband. Lamo almost gets slide tackled by Galia. Paying her 100th game today. What a milestone for Steph Galia. Looks like they've given the ball to Steph Galia, the skipper. Big ball in, passes the wall, and Steph Galea, her 100th game, scores a goal for Harderberg. That's a 4 nil in this game, and every, all her teammates comes around her. What a huge goal from Steph Galea, the skipper. Massive, massive. <laughs> Celebrations for everyone. That's going to be the icing on the cake for Harderberg. So go away with it in this game. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to our second ever player interview. And we have a very special guest with us. Firstly, welcome to Han Solo. Han, thanks for joining us again. And introduce us to our special guest. Yeah, sure. Uh, why not? Uh, joining us today is a superstar of the game and an amazing leader for the Holderberg Senior Women's Football Club. And when I say amazing, I mean it. What's special about her is that she loves helping young players build their skills and confidence. Stephanie Galea started her career like many other female players back in the day for a junior boys team with Laylaw in 2002. She got a little taste of what success looks like by winning three championships during her time at the club. After showing her talent to senior clubs, she went on to play for Bandura United from 2003 to 2014. Unfortunately, she didn't win any silverware with Bandura, but did make it to the finals and were runners-up in the WPL Grand Final against Box Hill. After playing a season with renowned club Preston Lions in 2015, it seemed like Steph had missed playing in the yellow and black and moved on to play with her current club, Haldeberg United. She was then appointed captain of the women's squad in 2018. Not only does Steph have skills on the green pitch, she's also a lethal player on the court. Being a very entertaining futsal player for FC Carlton Hart and Preston Panthers FC, playing in state and national championships. Steph was appointed the assistant coaching role for Haldeberg United under-16s in 2020 and the under-17s in 2021 season. It's my pleasure to welcome our guest for today, Stephanie Galea. Steph, it's so good to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. No worries. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate what you guys are doing for the women's game, especially. Um, don't really get as much coverage as the men, but I think it's really starting to um, even out, which is lovely to see. Well, it's good to have you on board, and I'm sure there's plenty of questions that we've got ready for you. A few fans' questions, so let's get underway. Han, I'll take you. I'll let you have the first one. Let's kick things off. Okay, Steph. Sadly, the uh, current MPL season has come to an end. Um, in your own words and thoughts, can you sum up your performance and your team's performance this year? Um, I'll start with myself and overall performance. It's been a very interesting year. Um, I've been playing in the midfield, which is not really a preferred position of mine. Um, so it's been difficult to kind of adapt to that, but obviously doing my best for the team because that's where they needed me. So um, it's been a bit of an up and down like with injuries. I copped um, 
two ankle injuries throughout the year that sidelined me for a few weeks. Um, the second one was lucky because it was a COVID lockdown. So I didn't miss out on um, any games for that one. But the first one I did miss out on three and then came back and played. Um, we got a good 1-0 win over Calder, which was um, our first win in, I think, five years against them. So it was a massive achievement for us. Um, and then to play against South Melbourne and caught my very first red card in my life. Um, it was it was a little bit disappointing for me, but I guess what do you do with referees these days? You know, they've got their opinions and stuff. So <laughs> just got to roll with it. But um, other than that, I think with the team, despite having a couple big losses, um, we really did achieve a lot of things this year. Um, we adapted to several new systems, probably more systems that, that I've ever played in my life. Um, so it was good to get used to new systems and kind of learn different ways to play. Um, we had like a lot of good comeback games as well. So, you know, we are down, I think, 3-0 against Box Hill and ended up winning 5-3 or something similar to that. Um, so that was really good. And um, kind of just showed that we have that fight in us, like even though you think you've probably lost the game at halftime, um, to come out and really dominate and show like a lot of character that was really pleasing, especially like as captain to see your team, you know, try really hard to just get the best results possible. Um, we did have a lot of injury battles. Um, I'm sure probably a lot of clubs are in the same position with, you know, the COVID breaks and coming in and out of injuries, but like we got through about six, six to seven injuries. So it, it is a lot. Um, but to see those players like still rock up to training doing everything they can with the strength and conditioning of physios, um, just showed that everyone really wanted to be a part of the team. And I think that's really, really special. Um, and even just the, the growth that I've seen in some of the players, like some players just rocked up so quiet, you know, couldn't get many words out of them. And then somehow, you know, towards the end of the year, they've turned, they've turned into leaders and there's someone that's always got something to say. They're always there encouraging you. So I think like we did, despite finishing or sixth, um, I think we really can take a lot of positives out of what we've done so far and I'm pretty confident that like you know 2022 we'll be able to bring the same same mentality in and hopefully um, do a bit better this time. You might you touched on there that you did have a lot of injuries um, you did have a couple of bad losses there was back-to-back seven nil uh, losses there but you, the players' team still came into training and all that. What do you think contributed to that? Because usually after a couple of losses like that, the pause, uh, up and down season, players tend to not turn up. But what do you think was different about, you know, Heidelberg? Um, I just think everyone actually enjoys coming to training. Um, credit to Jono and um, our assistant coach, Matt. He, like both of them together, have just... They give you like confidence and belief. Like, yeah, we did lose seven nil. Let's let's discuss what kind of went wrong. Um, and we're always there the next the next day of training, trying to fix it. And we're working hard. And I think there was a lot of people fighting for positions and stuff. So I think everyone kind of just wanted to do the best for the team. And like like you said, it's not easy rocking after training after a seven nil loss. You're probably expecting to get you know, drilled by the coaches, run a few laps, but it was never like that. And, you know, we'd sit down and do video analysis and that really helps like going back and just seeing little things that you could have done better that could have potentially changed the game. Um, 
but yeah, I think just the culture at Harderberg is like really good. Like it's the best I've had throughout my career. Not that I've played for too many clubs, but just, yeah, just it's a good vibe. And every time we're there, we always have a good time. And I guess that kind of keeps you motivated and having good people around you that are really positive. If you have negative culture and negative players that kind of, you know, take it a bit too far, um, I think that can really affect the culture of the team. But, yeah, we, we're very lucky with the girls that we've got. They're very um, very encouraging to each other. Yeah, nice. And and with the theme of, of the team, you know, is there anything special that you do before or after your games on game day? Um, not, not really. Like, we all tend to obviously try to stay back and um, eat together as a team. Um, and especially after the 7-0 loss, I made sure everyone stayed back, ate and did the right thing. Um, it's more just trying to get get more closer together because, like, you spend a lot of time on the football pitch, but I guess you really get to know people doing these kind of things. Uh, before the game, not really. Everyone kind of just does their own thing. Um, we have our um, DJ Cleo, who's, um, <laughs> who's Moved to Italy to um, pursue some football down in, um, I'm not sure exactly where it is. She's probably going to kill me for this. But, yeah, she's doing really well so far. She's just trying to adapt and, you know, learn a new language and stuff like that. So uh, good on her. Give her a bit of a shout-out for, you know, leaving leaving Melbourne. It's not a bad time to leave. But um, I'm sure it would have been hard for her leaving her family and stuff. So, but, um, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about uh, your coaches. Uh, what would your coach or, or your, and your teammates say about Steph? How would they describe her? Um, interesting question. <laughs> um, I think that, um, you know, as a leader, I guess people expect you to be really, really loud and, you know, the vocal one. But I like to think that I show leaderships in other ways, like just doing the right thing at training, always putting in a hundred percent, pretty much just trying to do the right things. So hopefully that, um, you know, it's a domino effect throughout the team. Um, like never give up and just, yeah, go in a hundred percent, even if it means you get a red card. <laughs> <laughs> um, with that being a leader, how do you manage your responsibilities on the field and outside responsibilities off the field how do you manage that during the season um it does get a little bit difficult especially when you've got so much on outside of football um but it's pretty much just making sure that your teammates know that you're there for them um no matter what whether it's they need help on the field even off field issues like um especially through injuries you know make sure you're always checking up on them so they feel like they're still part of the squad um obviously organizing heaps of you know fun activities outside um team bonding stuff like that and really making sure that there's um a smooth transition with the 19s as well so we work very hard to make sure you know that the 19s are comfortable with all of us they want to train with us they want to be part of us um because i know like being a young player coming up it's it's a bit daunting so um i just want to be that person that anyone can feel comfortable around me um and then on the field it's pretty much just I'm more of the encouraging person I don't really tell people off or anything like that because I know everyone makes mistakes you probably know when you make a mistake and 
Um, it's more just like, you know, head up, next one. So that's what I try to be like on the fields. And then obviously my, my actions, you know, I'm like in the top three every game, like most kilometres and stuff like that. So it just shows, you know, you set that example and then just hope people follow. So that's pretty much how I am more strong in my leadership, I'd like to say. And what's the best advice you've been given? Um, well, growing up, I was, I've always been a very shy person. People find it hard to believe now that um, I was pretty much scared to even open my mouth. So um, especially my dad, he'd always tell me, just back yourself, just believe in yourself, um, just be confident. Because, like, I was, I was always that player, like, when I got the ball, I just wanted to get rid of it because I was afraid of making a mistake. And, like, I knew that I had what it takes to be in the team. I was good enough to be in the team, but I just put a lot of pressure on myself. So it was probably more my dad just telling me, like, to be confident. And nowadays, um, because I'm, like, adapting into coaching as well, um, I like to... I think there's a saying like be a sponge. I know it's, it's a bit strange, but I like to, you know, when we're talking to anyone about football, I'd like to absorb everything they're saying and try to learn new things, especially with coaching. Like I said, um, it's a very new thing for me. So being an assistant and pretty much absorbing everything that the head coach I'm working under is telling me or how he does things. So I just like, yeah, just I'm more aware now and try to, I pick up little things that people say and, it kind of sticks with me and I just hope that it can make me a better player and hopefully a coach one day. So what were you interested into coaching? Cause it's obviously still playing um, and hopefully got a, quite a long career ahead of you. What, why, what, what's interesting coaching? How did that come about? Um, I think just being like at Heidelberg, they, they might say I'm the, I'm the face of the women's program. So a lot of girls do just randomly come up to me and, Oh, you Steph Billia. Like, it's just little <laughs> things like that that make me, like, really interested into getting to know these people and helping these girls develop. Um, you know, they they know of you, so they're going to appreciate you being around. They're going to appreciate you watching. So Helen kind of pushed me into it because she can see me being a coach in the future. So um, she always says, come on, why don't you be an assistant? And then, yeah, 2020, I said, all right, I'll do it. Um, unfortunately, that year didn't really go ahead. I think we got a couple games in. But um, I think the more I was just around the girls and forming really close relationship with these girls, it's just – I think it's good for not only me but overall, like seeing these girls rock up to games and cheering. It's like it's really promoting the female game. And I think it's like it's a good atmosphere. And, you know, these girls are hopefully going to play up until um, like seniors and stuff. So I just really want to keep them – involved and motivated and yeah hopefully they look up to me as a role model and want to be me one day so that's pretty much why why I like coaching at the moment. Uh, now Steph you and I and Alex first met at Futsal Oz when you were playing <laughs> futsal on, yes. on your off season. Can you explain to those out there in your point of view what the difference between the two sports are? Um, well for starters, futsal is crazy fast. Um, it took me a long time to adapt. At the start, I felt I felt like I was playing a sport for the first time. And people think, yeah. oh, it can't be that different. But, um, yeah, it's obviously a lot smaller. Um, it's a lot quicker. 
um, tactically it's so different. Um, and I guess it's just a different community vibe. Like, I guess everyone, you guys would know, everyone knows each other at Pixelos. Like, <laughs> no one's, no one's the same there. So it's, it's, it's good to, I guess, have something different to outdoor. And obviously when they don't clash, being able to do both, it's, it's really good. And I do feel like it's helped me outdoor, especially playing in the midfield. I find that obviously you've got less time on the ball. Um, your awareness needs to be a lot more quicker, stuff like that. So I do feel like it's helped me become a better outdoor player. And um, it's been a while since I played football. Now we're talking about it. I kind of miss it. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> but yeah, it definitely is. Um, it, it is different. And, yeah, what is your goal for 2022? What do you hope to achieve? Um, obviously, the main goal would be to make finals. Um, we haven't made finals ever since. Since I've been at Heidelberg, I don't think. Um, we came close um, the first year. Um, we missed out. Uh, I think we came fifth. And then 2019, I think we had to beat South Melbourne or draw with South Melbourne to to make it in the top four. And we conceded a free kick in like the 90th minute. Don't really want to talk about it, but <laughs> that knocked us out. So we've gone like really close. So my dream is to make finals and hopefully... Um, continue that for many years to come. Well, fingers crossed that we do get some news about the 2022 season. That wraps up our questions that we have. Now, we do have a couple of fans questions. And Hart, I'll hand over the first one to you. Radio. Uh, I've got two. One is from Alex Sinclair, as you probably would know, one of your biggest fans. She just asked if... She can get another selfie with you. <laughs> I'm sure you'll you'll manage that, but I think we, we have organised an autograph for you from Alex, so that will be coming in your way sometime in the future. We'll uh, try to get that. the logistics of that. <laughs> I was like, wow, she had some nice words to say about me. I've had some nice <laughs> to say about her. I've been trying to get her over at um, Heidelberg, but it's going to take a little bit more than that, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my second question I've got from your coach at Preston Panthers, um, he's got, he's asked what your memorable moment is at Holderberg. I've got my personal favourite before I, I let you uh, explain yours, um, is uh, the time that you kicked the goal on your 100th game. Unforgettable. It was just, uh, you know, everyone cheering on, as you mentioned, you know, your under 17s and 16s cheering you on as well. It's quite a special moment. So that for me is my memorable one. What would be your most memorable? Um, obviously, playing 100 games for the club is is massive for me. Um, so that was definitely a memorable game for me. Um, it was my first goal of the year and on my 100th game. So that was that was very special for me. And I've probably got two more, to be honest. So one's more of a team achievement. Um, winning the Team App Cup in 2016 was my first year at Heidelberg. So that was like the first, I guess, cup I've kind of ever won playing um outdoors so I think that was a highlight for me as a team and my other one would probably be in might have been 2019 when I scored my first hat-trick for the club I think that was that was special um it was against NTC and it was a high scoring game I'm pretty sure it ended up like 6-4 so it was a lot of games um it was end to end um and yeah I managed to score four goals that game um and a funny story to that one I actually wasn't going to play that game because I woke up feeling terribly ill I had my birthday 
party the night before. <laughs> I don't think I need to say too much, but yeah, I was very sick with the flu and I was drinking on the night of my birthday as most people probably do. Maybe not before a game, but that's me. Um, and yeah, I was figuring ways to message my coach saying why I'm not going to play, knowing that his daughter was at my birthday party. Um, it was <laughs> it was tough, so I ended up just grinding it out. Um, the good old nasal spray up the nose, and yeah, out I went and ended up scoring four goals. So that was probably a memorable moment as well. I think that's your secret. I think you need to do that from now on. Is to have a big night, <laughs> play the next day, and you'll. Score three goals. There you go. Yeah, don't tell my under-17s. I'm in trouble. <laughs> we'll speaking, cut it of, out. We'll... speaking of which, the under-17s, there was a question. Tell us more about your under-17s and uh, tell us a little bit more about them. Um, they are probably the closest group of girls I have ever seen in any connection, whether it's a friendship group, soccer. Um, the bond that those girls have are just incredible. Um you know, they're always active on the social chats. Um, they always hang out on the weekends, school holidays, stuff like that. And um, their attendance is unbelievable. They're the same as the seniors. You know, when someone's injured, they were always there. Um, we actually had a pretty successful year. Um, we were the only team to beat Emerging. I think we beat them twice and lost once. Um, other than that, they've been undefeated to every other team. Um, we were going to most likely play finals, which is sad because, you know, these girls have been together for so long and they've always finished at the bottom half of the table. And this year, they were unbelievable. They they literally remind me of, like, the seniors. You know, they never never give up attitude. It, they came out, like, every single game and they're just a joy to be around. They do drain me on Snapchat a bit, but that's okay. <laughs> so I'll tell you a funny story, actually. So yeah. um, they were talking on the Snapchat group and I was about to jump in the shower and someone, like, mentioned where I used to have kind of thing, like, why are you speaking? So I sent, <laughs> I sent a photo or a Snapchat um, with my shower cap on and then that photo obviously got screenshot about 17 times. And then they started making all these memes, um, you know, Heidelberg did an announcement of the new kits and instead of the Heidelberg logo, they put my head there and they just did really crazy stuff like that. And I'm like, okay. And then there was one game I'm like, if you guys win by more than five goals, I'll I'll buy you all shower caps. So what do they do? They win by more than five goals. So the next training session, I demand out all these shower caps and I was like, what am I doing? I had to order 17 cow caps from Kmart. It's crazy. But yeah, that's just to sum sum up what, what they're like. A lot of banter and yeah, they're a good time. Is that is that the new line for CGR sportswear? Shower caps. Shower caps. Look yeah. good, play good, they say. <laughs> that's the motto. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit about your um, time at CGR? And you know, like is that something that you fell into or um, you know, it's just passion being in the in the industry of sport and how it's, you know, been affected so far this season during uh, the pandemic? Um, so I started working there probably about five years ago. Um, I was pretty much straight out of uni trying to find full-time work. I studied um, sport management, bachelor of business um, degree. Obviously, I always knew I wanted to work in sport because that's all I really 
was interested in. Um, um, I literally just saw an ad on Seek pretty much. Um, it was custom sportswear. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this seems fun and pretty much applied. And um, my, it turns out that my boss actually part-owned Melbourne Heart back when they were um, Melbourne Heart. And I did a lot of work placement and work experience with Melbourne Heart through um, CEDAR and um, high school. So it turns out that my boss was close with two of my referees. So he got on the phone straight away. And, um, yeah, pretty much the interview was, when do you want to start kind of thing? So that was good. Um, and then, yeah, I've just I've been there ever since. Um, obviously really enjoy um, working there. There's a good bunch of people. Um and I guess like trying to move into futsal now was pretty much pushed by myself. Um, so it was definitely a new market for CGR because we mainly supply AFL uniforms because we've got a few licenses. So mainly AFL was when I first started working there. So now I've slowly moved into the soccer industry, which has been fun for me. I'm trying to use, make use of my connections. Um, and with the pandemic, it was difficult because we knew we were probably going to shut down. So we um, we literally Googled how to make a face mask. And that's what we've been doing two years straight now. Um, it's been crazy. So we got like heaps of businesses. Um, we did footy masks, ended up being on the footy show, uh, 3AW, Herald Sun, all that stuff. So we got really good I guess coverage and sales went off. Like I had to hire about four or five people to try get us through this. You know, you got businesses letting people go, and you know, here we are struggling, working twelve-hour days trying to get everyone's masks out. But it was different. It was a good experience. Learned a lot, and yeah, we're we're still doing a bit of both now, which is good. Keeps me busy and employed. So yeah, that's CGR. Up to you, Alex. All well, yours. <laughs> that's about it. That's all the questions we had for tonight. Um, we obviously want to thank you, Steph, for joining us. Um, we can't thank you enough. I'm sure once this video goes out, it will uh, explode and go viral. Uh, but we want to thank you for taking your time out of your busy schedule and uh, coming onto our show. And we can't thank you enough for that. And I'm, I'm, Han's been waiting for this interview for quite a while. So she's been chomping at the bits to get it done. So we really thank, can't thank you enough for that. And to everyone at home who's uh, given us and followed, uh, give us a follow and everything in all the great messages we received, we can't thank you enough. We're doing this, um, you know, out of our own free time, out of our own pocket really as well. And it's great to have players coming on board. And Steph, like I said, we can't thank you enough for that. So we really appreciate that. Make sure you continue to follow us and support us wherever you can. Uh, we do are on Spotify uh, and we've got a few other projects coming along the way with other platforms, but we'll announce those in the coming weeks. So thank you all for watching. And Steph, once again, thank you. And Han, as always, thanks for your co-hosting duties tonight. And we'll see you all next week for the next player interview. Stay tuned for that one. Have a great evening and see you soon. <laughs>